0: The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Wait a minute. Do you still think politics is boring? Well, not when you can say fun words like cacus. Cacus. Yes, it's fun words like cacus and more. With the intellectual, intersexual, and intersectional. Nicole Sandler on NicoleSandler.com.
1: Hi, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's a Wednesday. Um, Very quickly, before we get to it, looking over at the YouTube chat room, and Mike Hirsch asks, 3 p.m., start normal now? Well, it's 3 p.m. here in Arizona. I I can't go by Arizona time because this will change. Uh, 5 p.m. Eastern to Pacific is the same as it ever was, to quote David Byrne, always, always, the start time. It doesn't matter what time it is in Arizona. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting adjusted to that five Eastern to Pacific is the time for this show. Um, quick programming note, starting a week from Friday at five Pacific, which will be six here. I know don't, don't even question it. Um, but at five Pacific, I'll be doing a, uh, a weekly show. Fridays at 5 Pacific on KPFK in Southern California, kpfk.org, globally. So uh, Hope thought I lived in Florida. Why would you think such a thing? No, we moved. I'm no longer in Florida. I'm now in Arizona. So um, before we get into the meat of today's show... Uh, we had an election yesterday. Actually, not everybody. It was only in some states. After all, this was not a midterm election. This was a, an off-year election. Because for whatever reason, states like um, Ohio and Kentucky and Virginia and um, a few others, uh, they have their elections um, on these off-years And they did yesterday. And I got to say, New York Times and um, uh, CNN and, well, pretty much every major news outlet who you all, you all seemed bound and determined to tell us that the Democrats are in big trouble. Joe Biden is doomed because he's old Without pointing out that Donald Trump is just as old. I'm sorry, when you're in your late 70s, early 80s, three years, it's no difference at all. Donald Trump is not only every bit as old as uh, Joe Biden, but he's a hell of a lot more um, demented. You know, they're so quick to say, oh, Joe Biden, he's just, he's, he's, uh, you know, he's feeble. Have you heard Donald Trump recently? Just saying so anyway, despite the best efforts of the media to um uh, to tell us that the Democrats are in deep shit um Democrats had some big wins yesterday yeah so let's let's go through a, a few of them we, we won't spend too much time on this but enough um let's start in Kentucky shall we where uh, incumbent Democratic governor, I know, uh, an incumbent Democratic governor in Kentucky, uh, Andy Bashir, was being challenged by a guy named Daniel Cameron. Daniel C- Cameron, who happens to be married to Mitch McConnell's granddaughter. Yeah. Um, yeah, figure that one out. Anyway, Mitch McConnell's um I I guess uh, grandson in law would that be who he is? Uh, b- believes in no uh, d- that women have no right to an abortion, no exceptions for rape, incest, health of the mother, life of the mother, no exceptions whatsoever. And let's just say, not a winning strategy. So. Democratic Governor Andy Bashir of Kentucky wins the second four-year term. I think he's like the only, you know, he's one of, uh, I, I, maybe the only Democratic Governor of Kentucky to ever win a second term. I, I could be wrong on that one, but it, 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 there haven't been many. <clears throat> Put it that way. But, and there's always a but, isn't there? <clears throat> I have a little bone to pick with Governor Andy Bashir, I'm glad he won. Really glad he won. Um, uh, Caller, hold on one second. You know what? I'm going to take this call, just because I have no idea who it is. But we'll see. Hi, who's this?
0: Hi, this is uh, David from um, East Brookfield, Mass. Hi. Um, yeah, I just um, wanted to say that I went down and voted yesterday. Good Usually for you. A, a vote's supposed to count, isn't it? Yeah. Every single vote.
1: Every single vote.
0: Well, well, they went down, and um, they put a mark in the um, circle on the um, Republican side where the Republican vote would be. So I voted Democrat. And um, it, it wouldn't go in the ballot box, so I um, got another on ballot, and they flipped it around. So they had the uh, Democrat on top, which would flip it into a Republican vote.
1: Okay, I have no idea what you're talking about. So are you a Democrat or a Republican?
0: I'm a Democrat. Okay. But it would have flipped both the Republican and Democrat vote on the second ballot, unless because that's what they told me when I when I called back. They said that they switched my vote to a Republican because the um, they go by the top vote.
1: Okay. Well, why the, did you the let ballot. them do that?
0: Well. I, I hadn't made them well I, I didn't exactly let them do it I, you know but um.
1: uh, if you notice that they first of all I'm guessing and I don't know I have not voted in Massachusetts before but I'm guessing when you go up and you show them your ID you're registered as either a Democrat or a Republican or an Independent I guess uh, in which case they would give you the proper ballot they don't, you don't have the same ballot do you?
0: Well, the first ballot was a genuine ballot, but the second ballot, it was the opposite. The names were, were turned around the opposite way. It was a special election in Massachusetts.
1: Okay. Did you ask anybody naked. about it at the time?
0: Um, I, I, I don't know. I just went to vote. I, it's never happened to me before. I voted every since I was a teenager, and it's never happened to me before. I lived in Worcester. But I don't know. It just seemed to be weird, you know?
1: No, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. So I I don't know. And if you had questions at the time, you should have raised your hand and let uh, an election monitor come over and help you. After you've already put the thing in the ballot box, it's game over. And if you had a problem, you should have said something earlier.
0: That's what I noticed after. And people are telling me that I should have um, mentioned something before. You think? And it just didn't dawn on me. I don't know why. I just didn't happen to think of it. I don't know.
1: Well, you've got to be responsible for your own vote. All right. Wh- yeah. wh- why are you calling me to tell me this? What would you like me to do about it?
0: There's nothing you can do about it, but i like at least people to know that this happens. And well, they, they, they you know, reproduce. it
1: happens if it happened. It happened because you were not vigilant in, in in protecting your vote. I blame you.
0: Yeah, you're probably right.
1: Okay. All right. Well, thanks for the call. I, 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 I don't... <laughs> I don't know what the point of that call was, but okay, just uh, heed the warning. If something doesn't look copacetic with your ballot, don't fill it out and stick it in the ballot box. I mean, do I need to tell you that? (laughs) William, don't go to vote while high. Oh, really? Honey Bunny is saying he's called every talk show today. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it is his fault. So, all right. I, I, I don't know the point of that call. And I guess, you know, if I had a screener, I wouldn't have taken it, but you know, I'm an equal opportunity call taker. Okay. So anyway, what I started to say is, um, people in Kentucky obviously paid attention to their ballots. So governor Andy Bashir gets up and, um, <laughs> uh, gets up and gives his victory speech. I'm going to play just a minute or a minute and a half of it for you. And I want you to tell me what what is wrong with his um his his big uh victory speech, all right? Listen carefully. You're welcome to call in 954-889-6410 or you can Skype into Nicole Sandler. But first person who calls in to tell me what's wrong with Andy Beshear's uh, victory speech that I'm about to play a minute and a half of it for you? Um, Get a prize, all right? Don't ask me what the prize is yet, but I'll I'll give you something. Okay, ready?
2: Kentucky is on a historic win streak, the okay. two best years of economic development in the history of the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Wow.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: We're building the Brent Spence Companion Bridge without tolls.
1: Without tolls, wow.
2: We're four laning the entire Mountain Parkway. Okay, sounds good. We're pushing I 69 forward so fast that Indiana's scrambling to catch up. Okay. We're bringing clean drinking water to our counties. And we are running high-speed internet access to wow. every home in Kentucky.
1: Yeah. Sounds good. Right? Hmm.
2: We're building the two biggest battery plants on planet Earth.
1: We are. You are? Who is? And the
2: cleanest, greenest recycled paper mill in this country.
1: Sounds great, doesn't it? So...
2: We have record high budget surpluses really? and record low unemployment. Uh-huh. We created almost 50,000 new jobs, $27.8 billion in new private sector investments. So tonight, I stand here excited and optimistic about what we're going to do these next four years
0: together.
1: Yeah, Andy, Governor Bashir, I, I, you should be excited. Sounds like all kinds of good stuff is happening. And yes, you guys in the chat room, oh, and they're chanting four more years. Well, I, I don't think he can be elected again for another, a third four-year term. But um, uh, no, he didn't lose, William. Uh, he, uh, Charlotte has nothing to do with the fact that Bashir's dad was Kentucky governor as well. Um, first one, Jesse Salisbury. Ding. Ding. He said, we, you mean... Biden, uh, think it through, said he's not mentioning the federal infrastructure dollars. Jan Morgan, Biden did it. Think it through. He's not crediting Biden and the Dems. I'm trying to ding, 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 ding in, in, in succession. No, he said nothing. Look, Kentucky, a state that the former guy won by some ridiculous margin, and Andy Bashir is a Democrat. Where was the thanks for the Democratic president who got this done? for the Democrats in Congress who got this done, under the leadership of President Joe Biden, who, if you listen to all the polls, is dying. Not literally, but you know, figuratively campaign wise not one word i understand that governor bashir doesn't much like joe biden although he allegedly told a reporter that uh, the, the infrastructure you know stuff was good well then give him credit for it andy bashir uh, look i'm glad you won because the alternative would have been horrific but don't take credit for something you didn't do we call out marjorie trader green and the other maggot assholes who are touting projects done in their districts from the uh it, from the um what was it called the ira the inflation reduction act it was the you know the follow up to build back better it was build back smaller but building back nonetheless and it was joe biden andy bashir That didn't look good on you. Just saying, didn't look good. You're supposed to help lift up the party nationally, especially in a blood red state like Kentucky. And you didn't. You failed in the one job you had last night, Governor Bashir. So, so much for your um, national profile. If you refuse to give the Democratic president uh, credit for the work he did to make life in your state so much better, you can forget about having support from the Democratic Party or registered Democrats when you aspire to higher office than the governor of Kentucky. Just saying. Okay, so that's not the only thing that happened in, um, in Kentucky. What else? Abortion uh, Abortion rights. Ah uh, yes, this very backwards. Sorry, I, I consider all Southern states slightly backwards, or sometimes more than slightly. Um, and uh, um, abortion rights—one big, not only in Kentucky but in Ohio and in Virginia. By the way, speaking of Virginia, let's talk about what happened there. Democrats now have majorities in both the the, uh, Virginia Assembly, that's their house, and the Senate, which will severely hamper Governor Glenn Youngkin's presidential aspirations. You see, he was expecting a big win. And then today he was going to launch his late 11th hour bid for the Republican nomination. (laughs) But he lost again and again and again. Glenn Youngkin um, will go home after his time as governor is up, after he's, uh, you know, been term limited out. There's nowhere for him to go. But that wasn't the only good thing that happened in Virginia. So now Glenn Youngkin's whole agenda is dashed because the Democrats have majorities in both chambers of the state legislature I love it when that happens. Oh, and another thing that was dashed was Governor Glenn Youngkin's abortion ban. Love how that works. Oh, one more thing. You know there were there were um, school board races all over uh, in many in many of these states that had that had um, elections yesterday in all five states where the <clears throat> Moms for Liberty ran candidates for school board, um, they lost. The Moms for Liberty lost. So not only do Americans believe in a woman's right to uh, to have uh, ownership of their own bodies and decide what we're gonna do with our own bodies, um, but they also said book banners need not apply. You can go home and um uh, somebody else lost <laughs> their their race for school board uh, that would be Meg Scalia Bryce and if her middle name you know which is her maiden name sounds familiar it should because um uh Meg Scalia Bryce is the late Justice Antonin Scalia's daughter and she was running for school board in Virginia And she favored anti-trans policies, evolved that one, Um, opposed CRT, (gasps) critical race theory, because you know, they're teaching that in schools. Bullshit. Um, uh, So she lost. She lost. Perhaps you were listening to the show uh, last year when state assembly person of Virginia, Danica Rome, um, hinted, that she was going to run for uh, the state Senate. And, and, and this was a big deal because we, I, I had interviewed her because she had released a book. Um, Danica Rome is a trans woman. And after last night's election, is now the first trans woman in the Virginia State Senate. It's really good news. I mean, good stuff happened last night. And I'm waiting to hear all the pundits say, Okay, we got it wrong. When will you people learn that polls are, don't mean anything? Uh, you can fill in the blank there. Um, by the way, Ohio, where I told you abortion uh, rights won big, uh, they also became the 24th state to legalize weed. Yeah, you know, wow, what a, what a, what a day. I, I, I find it amazing. I think it's great, right? Um, I do. Um, let's see. Uh, in Mississippi, unfortunately, the news wasn't so great in Mississippi uh, because Elvis Presley's distant cousin, um, also named Presley, uh, was the Democratic candidate for governor. Unfortunately, he was beaten by the incumbent whose name I forgot to write down, and frankly, I don't remember it. But he's a criminal, as are, you know, uh, seemingly most Republicans today. And this governor, who just won re-election, though not by much, excuse me, um, will likely be indicted very soon. But, you know, again, it's Mississippi. Let's say that again. It's Mississippi. All together now. You you got it, all right. So um, so basically uh, a good night at the polls, and this should teach you a lesson: pay no attention to the pundits, relying on bullshit outlier polls. You know how you can have an influence over what you know to make sure those bad polls don't come true. Make sure you're registered to vote. And make sure you vote. It's really that easy. Um, Tonight is the third GOP farce debate. There'll be, I think, five of the remaining um, candidates on the stage tonight in Miami. I'm so glad I'm not there. Trump will not be on the stage. In fact, he's doing one of his dueling rallies also in Miami. Another reason I'm really glad I'm not there. All right. So I, um, yesterday, yesterday got a little, uh, emotional. I shared, I shared, um, some of my deepest, darkest and, um, uh, you know, all encompassing thoughts about what's going on in, in our world. And, um, I'm going to keep at it because, well, the war continues. Just in case you're wondering the kind of emails that I get, I got a very supportive email from a listener who said, thank you so much for speaking up and uh, basically speaking for me. Our guest in a few minutes is someone that I said almost those same words to uh, Jennifer Taub. She's been on before. You'll hear from her again in a moment. and And I invited her on the show because frankly, um, it takes balls even from a woman to stand up in in this climate today and um and say that i i i stand with uh israel i don't stand i don't agree with their uh treatment of and i'm i'm talking pre october 7th i don't agree with Uh, the conditions under which they kept people. I believe in an open air prison in Gaza. I hate what they're doing in the West bank where they're, um, they're, they're infringing upon Palestinians homes with violence, not okay. Um, But you know, and, and, and those things don't change. I have problems with those and I don't hesitate to call them out. But I shared with you my fears and um, the, the, the scary thoughts going through my head and not only mine, but other Jewish friends and acquaintances that I know. We are, we are in a, you know, there, there are very few Jews on the planet, planet of 5 billion people. I, I'm not sure if that's the number, but you know, there's only maybe 15 million Jews. There are not many of us. And, um, the hate that I'm feeling from every corner of the world is, uh, is truly disconcerting. So I got one very, uh, uh, you know, in in the course of a few minutes last night, uh, a very, um, uh, supportive email and I got an ugly one, but I, but I got maybe the ugliest one this morning, uh, that I'll share with you. If anybody wants the email address of the person, and I use the term loosely, who wrote this email to me, um, email me, Nicole at Nicole Sandler.com. And I will, uh, I will, um, share it with you. I won't, I won't do it publicly, but if you want it, I, I will. So, um, uh, you know, I play the disclaimer at the beginning of the show, uh, uh, This this disclaimer,
0: the following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Your discretion is advised.
1: Nothing I've ever said is as offensive as this. So I am um, reading to you an email that I got today. You ready? And I, I get I get these occasionally. The subject reads again. This is a quote. Turn down the radio if you're easily offended. Ugly inbred cunt. And here's the brilliant prose written by this thing. Ugly tranny looking whore with ugly face and body and your ugly friends are trash like your ugly pedo looking fag BF. And that other skinny brown illegal is trash too. Like that ugly pathetic honky suck a ugly dick ugly bitch. You like that? Love getting emails like that, you know, from, from a nameless, faceless troll. Uh, just so you know, people are out there like that. And that is the context that I'm going to share of this conversation that I had about a, a couple of hours ago with uh, Jennifer Taub with you. We had to record it because um, uh, Jen is a law professor And she had to go teach a class. Um, But, well, I explained it all uh, in the interview. So uh, for those of you who are not familiar with Jennifer Taub, she is a law professor. She's an author. Her latest book is the highly acclaimed Big Dirty Money. She's host of the Booked Up with Jen Taub podcast and a frequent commenter on others. And she's a kindred soul to me. As I've been following the, the, um, the fallout from the Hamas terror attacks in Israel of, uh, of October 7th, emotions are running very high. And because of the, the kind email like that and the kind of attacks I'm getting on social media for daring to state an opinion, I've been seeking out like-minded friends in a vast sea of ugly social media hate. And hate not only for Israel's government and its relentless bombing of Gaza, but hate for Jews in general. There are now Internet groups popping up where we can chat amongst ourselves and even local in-person groups forming where we know we'll be among others with similar views about what's happening in the Middle East. But the the attacks, to be honest, are frightening and they are on the rise. And I've lost friends. (laughs) more than a few. Um, And that's why I felt it really important to invite Jen onto the show to talk about what we're both feeling and not just the two of us, but everybody from a similar background. We now have a common, commonality. Here's Jen top. I'm happy to welcome back to the show, Jen Taub. Um, I hate what we're talking about today, but I think it's necessary that we do. So, um, you know, Jen, I've been following you on Twitter or shitter as I call it now, because X-I-T-T-E-R. And if you pronounce the Chinese dictator's name is Xi, you know, it's shitter. Anyway, it fits considering the content there recently. But anyway, I've been following you for a long time. And after the attack uh, of October 7th, um, I felt drawn to your posts because you were saying things that expressed exactly how I felt. And I wasn't seeing a whole lot of other people saying these things. So first of all, thank you for standing up and saying what you believe. Um, I, I, I do the same and I know I've been attacked and vilified and, you know, I I, I claw back, which is not always the best thing to do, but I appreciate your calm, reasoned approach to um, what it means to be an American Jew today. Uh, So I wanted to talk to you because I think there's strength in numbers. And frankly, um, a lot of people don't appreciate the way you and I feel today.
3: You know, Nicole, thank you. And it's, it's so complicated because if you asked me where I stood on what was happening in Israel before October 7th, you would probably have heard something very different because it was extremely eye-opening to see not just the brutal, inhumane slaughter, rape and kidnapping of people, but the world's reaction, in particular, my former colleagues, not all of them, but enough of them, and the progressive left, that there was literal cheering of Hamas, calling them liberationist freedom fighters, calling all of Israel colonizers. And it blew my mind because, again, before October 7th, I was one of these people who in the 90s when I was just out of college was very much in support of a two-state solution devastated Mm -hmm. by the murder or, or the assassination of Yitzhak Rabin. And I had always been unhappy with Netanyahu and the growth of the settlements on the West Bank. I was concerned about human rights in Gaza. And I also saw the situation. I hadn't focused so much on the Iron Dome existing to repel all these grenades. But I I did see Israel as being in in an untenable position and was just hoping that the protests in the street to push out Hamas and, I'm sorry, to push out you know, push out Netanyahu and push out Likud party that maybe we could get to a better place. Furthermore, I I have friends who are Jewish Israelis who were hoping for one state, like in the perfect world, where you could have done that. But the reality is we've never been in that perfect world, and it always seemed to me that there should be an actual Palestinian state with full autonomy and and continue the Jewish state, Israel's existence. And what I come to find out after October 7th is... That even though Hamas is not representative of all the Palestinians, there are a lot of people throughout the world who are cheering them on, yep. who feel like by any means necessary, and also who deny that Israel had the right to both defend its borders and respond according to the law of arm, laws of armed combat. Because if you have a terrorist group who run out of you know these fancy guys who are running it saying we're going to keep massacring Jews in Israel, period. What Israel's supposed to just go? Okay, well, I guess we'll have a ceasefire. It's horrible. It's terrible. Every death of a child is devastating. And I also understand what's so sad, Nicole, is that I know why the Palestinians in the north of Gaza don't want to go south. One, they're afraid of being shot by Hamas. Two, mm-hmm. they're afraid they'll never get that Israel will never let them back right. into a rebuilt West Bank. And then you can understand from Israel's perspective. They're terrified to do that. Like we're we're in a really bad situation, and I really wish that people saw these nuances and the competing claims and the terrorism and all the other stuff. I wish they saw it and didn't just immediately knee jerk start calling all people in Israel colonizers yep. and everything. It, it's just they're just they're just putting a template that they think they understand of oppressor and oppressed instead of recognizing that life is far more complicated. And that they've lost their humanity and their and their their claim to anything by suggesting that people who are still in captivity, like what is it, two hundred and forty now, yep. you tear down posters of them. I don't know if you saw today trigger warning, but the the terrible brut- brutal rapes of women, um, and mutilation of their bodies by Hamas, it's unforgivable. And what's equally unforgivable is the people who say, well, don't even talk about that. That's propaganda. What happened to believe women? Right. What happened to, I mean, I just, and Nicole, I have in my stomach rage and anxiety, and in my eyes, pain and tears, and in my heart, it's just trampled. So I'm hoping I feel better soon. You say I'm so calm, but my whole nervous system feels like it's melted down. I get it. I get it. And, and,
1: and the thing is, what you describe, uh, it, you could be speaking those words out of my mouth. Um, before October 7th, I was, first of all, I'm a secular Jew. I grew up with, without any religion, really. My family wasn't, uh, religious at all. I, I told the story yesterday about how we got Christmas presents cause Santa Claus and, um, but we did light a menorah. We would, it, 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 there were three girls, We'd each pick a color candle and bet on whose was going to burn down fastest. So that was my, you know, that's how we did religion in my house. Not at all. And I had been highly critical of Netanyahu as any <laughs> any civilized it's person It's like criticizing wounding. Trump. It's, right. the it's the same thing. Yes. Same thing. Likud is the maggot party. That's, that's what they are. And I couldn't have been more critical. And before October 7th, I believed Israel was 100% in the wrong. And then something opened up and my eyes were opened by what happened, what was done to innocent civilians. My first thought is, all right, the kids at the rave, that was the first thing I had heard about. Oh, my God. And, And all I could think of. You know, we're parents. I think of my daughter who had been talking about going on a birthright trip to Israel.
3: Mine too was about to go this fall, this winter.
1: Right. And all I could think is she would have been at that rave. Given the opportunity, she would have been there because we Mm -hmm. personalize everything. Mine too. And then I think about that. Then I started thinking about um, the families in the kibbutz. Uh, Who were and and again I'm 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 not the your typical Jew Kibbutzim I think is the uh, plural but I don't know I don't know and all of a sudden I'm finding myself defending Israel's right to exist which I do believe in um, as much as I would like to get Netanyahu the hell out of there and wish we could go back to discussions about a two state solution but you know I've I've gone this complete one eighty after the events of October 7th. And yesterday was one month. And um, the fact that there are still 240 hostages being held and the world isn't screaming for their release. I got to say, thank you, Dan Goldman, for coming out and saying um, no talk. Uh, I don't want to hear any talk about a ceasefire until the hostages are released. Hillary Clinton goes on The Few yesterday and explains why. And yet when I try to explain why a a unilateral ceasefire is untenable, because Hamas has made a point to proclaim over and over again that they'd repeat their actions of October 7th over and over again until you and I are wiped off the planet along with the state of Israel. And he paused would just, they don't care about the Palestinians. They don't care about protecting people because they knew exactly what Israel's response would be. And they said, bring it on. And the the fact that the world seems to be on their side and not calling for the release of the hostages is, I I just can't wrap my brain around it.
3: It's funny you said, um, not funny, but- Interesting. You know, you mentioned being a secular Jew. I was raised reform, um, which is, I guess, that German branch of Judaism, which right. is. Uh, but I still I had a bat mitzvah. I read all the prayers in Hebrew. Um, I was I didn't even think about this as being monumental until years later. My mother said it. I was the first woman, you know, female in my entire family, both sides of the family ever. To get up and read from the Torah yeah. and have a bat mitzvah like that, maybe mm-hmm. someone read from the Torah, but I was the first to be bat mitzvah, and I think that's a big deal. Um, and you know, to me, though, um, yeah, I mean, beyond it being, it continues, it continues to be a wound. You know, thirty days later, the best thing I did is went to synagogue last night where there was a gathering to commemorate thirty days. Nothing political, just lighting yardside candles Uh and in the synagogue, Nicole, were people who had already whose families had been murdered and kidnapped. They had, they spoke, barely could speak. And then someone read the names of all the people who are still kidnapped. And I can't tell you what it felt like to hold all that pain. Um, I'm glad I went because I don't know what else to do, but to show up. Right. And that that's,
1: uh, I mean, I don't have that community, although I'm more um, sort of bound and determined to find it now. And I'm finding it online because people like you and I are finding each other. We're connecting. There are groups set up to deal with the hatred and vitriol that's coming at us. Right look, I've never been to Israel. I'm not religious. I'm Jewish by heritage. And I appreciate the traditions and I appreciate them even more now. And I and I feel like the, the mama bear in me is rising up and I need to protect my people. Um,
3: and and I guess I would- it is, it's, it's almost primal, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's, it's so deep. It's so deep in us. Everywhere in my soul, down to my bones. I don't know if you feel that. I do. I absolutely do. And I got to tell you, I got
1: two uh, emails last night when I got off the air and I had a very viscerally emotional show yesterday. I basically told my story and I told, uh, I read an email that I sent to Katrina Vanden at The Nation about my disappointment in their coverage because it, it is so blatantly one-sided and I feel like my community, my progressive community has abandoned me. I feel like former friends and allies are no longer and granted my hurt turns into anger and I lash out and I've, I, I you know, I, 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 can't control the anger. It's kind of how I deal with it, which is not a good way to deal with it. Uh, at least I'm owning it, but I got one vitriolic email that followed a thank you email from a listener Libby in Southern California who said uh, thank you very much for your rant and emotion today when talking about your Jewish background in the Israel Hamas war and she goes on to talk about she says I'm um, I'm Jewish and an officer of a county democratic party. Several other officers are also Jewish women. We have taken a position supporting the Democratic president, and that has bared a lot of anti-Semitism we didn't know was there. It's been very painful. So she said, I want you to know that bearing your soul today was really helpful to me. That's what we can do for one another is be there. Because this has opened a wound that I didn't even know I had. Right? right. And, and, and it, it, it comes with being raised Jewish and hearing the stories of the Holocaust. We have grandparents who um, either escaped from pogroms or were, were held in concentration camps and the, and the mantra we grew up with religious or not is never again. And then we saw it's happening yeah. again.
3: Exactly. And I think that, you know, it reminds See, sometimes song lyrics come my head, Nicole. And is it the Steve you Miller song "Jokers to the Left of Me"? What is it? What is that line? Um, something clown, to joke, me, something like it. clowns,
1: to the left of me, jokers to the right. Jokers to the, that's not the I am Miller, stuck in, the in the middle with um, you. Yeah, it's oh. it's a uh, uh, stiller's wheel, I think, but it doesn't matter.
3: Okay, got it. So I had this morning. I woke up and I'm like. I'm like, Hamas to the left of me, MAGA to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with Jews. I that was a lot. I had that this morning. And I'm like, yeah, that's not funny, Jennifer. Yeah, that's
1: like... The- <laughs> it's gallows humor. We got to laugh yes. because the alternative is we cry. And I believe both of us have done a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. And it's true. And the reason I'm bearing my soul and, and talking so publicly about this Is multifaceted. One is not enough of us are. And I don't criticize anyone for not speaking up because we make ourselves targets when we do, because the anti Semitism is on the rise here like I've never seen in my lifetime. Um, yeah. And it's not only here; it's around the world. I'm seeing yeah. delis being defaced, synagogues. You know, it, it's just astounding. The the idiot who thought she was driving into a Jewish school and then found out that that was actually a anti uh, jewish You know, it's, it, it, it's you know karma, and we get. I I took great pleasure in that because you know, good. Um uh but then I see people, you know, the thing with Rashida Talib yesterday. Frankly, when she invoked from the river to the sea, it made my stomach turn because that yep. is a Hamas direct it's in their charter. It's their right. it's their battle cry that Jews must be erased from the planet along with the state of Israel.
3: Right. And it's a total dog whistle. And for people to deny whether or not she should have been censured or not, that's not really the issue. The issue is what, you know, Elise Lutkin and others said, this is extremely hurtful. You know what it means. You don't get to decide what words means. You know, what did my friend, Alison Gill, I think she put up something like, it's kind of like, you know, having a Confederate flag and saying, no, honestly, it's just about Southern pride. We know what a Confederate flag is loaded with. Similarly, you know, it's it's like a Nazi symbol. You can't say the swastika. Oh, I meant it. You know, if you put a swastika on your door, you can't say, well, I'm actually referring back to the Native American. symbol." Right. we all know when something is what it symbolizes, who it's a dog whistle to. And the same thing is true from the river to the sea. We all know what that means. Right. It and, means but, annihilate. It means a Jewish state doesn't have a right to exist. And it actually means murder all the Jews. That's what it means. That's right. And for Rashida Tlaib
1: to say, oh, it's a message of love and inclusion. It's like, no, that's bullshit. It's just bullshit. I'm
3: sorry. That's, well, it is. Sorry, go ahead. It is. And guess who stood behind her, though? The other problem is Jayapal just came up know. and stood. I making. you know, those, you know, I have to send an email to like, these are people like this again. I am now center left. Yeah, I have some progressive views, but I am I I am not. I will not affiliate myself with anyone who you know. I love people like Sherrod Brown still. I'm not saying I don't like individual people, but you know, AOC done with her. I'm done with the whole squad. I'm done with you know. Done. 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 I
1: I I agree, and it and it kills me because this has been my. These are my allies. These were right. my allies, but now they're backing up her bullshit. That oh no, yeah. it's a message of inclusion. In what world? And I'm sorry if it was because I have a, I had a friend who is um, Palestinian, and I saw her tweet yesterday. Um, Bravo to Rashida Talib, and I'm like, really? I said. You know, from the river to the sea. We're, I gotta ask. I mean, how she's gaslighting the the world saying that? And this person said, "I grew up with knowing that was a message of peace and inclusion before before Hamas was ever
3: here." It's like, come on. It doesn't matter, though. It doesn't matter it if doesn't, you know what it means now. now. You you, can't, know that- you cannot. You don't get to reclaim the Confederate flag now and say it's a message of Southern pride. It is not the confederate flag is a, is a racist symbol period. We know that. Right. And And insurrection is a symbol of insurrection. You don't get to say it's not, that's the way it is. Exactly. You can't, but you're gaslighting us if you do.
1: Right. And the, and the refusal of people who I long considered allies and some friends who are not anymore. um, It's just so hurtful that they can see this. And instead of saying, well, I I get, I see your point. They're saying, oh, you're in favor of genocide. Me? I'm in favor of genocide? You know, and when I call people on it, um, former friends or allies, I get blocked, which fine. I've done my share of blocking people in recent uh, weeks as well because I can't stand the hypocrisy.
3: You can't even, you can't even the day after October 7th, those few days after, even if you said, I mourn these losses. These are terrible. Bring these hostages back. People said, What about all these other people who have died? And let me just ask you this, Nicole. If you're at a funeral for your family, or you put up an you put up an obituary notice, you know, you you say, I'm, you know, it's been terrible. My father died and da-da-da, or my fifth cousin, you know, car accident, or I'm so sorry, people would not say, What are all these other people who died? Look, you know, just the idea that you can't even grieve on its own without being called genocidal. Yes. And also the definition of okay, I, I don't even want to go down that. I don't even want to go down these debates about the law of armed conflict and what what rights nation states have to defend their defend their borders or stop people from killing them. But um I just I, I, just even on its own, the act of honoring someone's life and asking for people who are kidnapped to come home is now you are, I have been attacked about that.
1: Yes. Yes. As have I. And meanwhile, there are, you know, I keep hearing well, all the children it's horrible. War sucks. I saw you posted yes. the poster that I tend to post as well. It's War, on the door of my office now. Is it yeah. Awesome. War is not healthy for children and other living things. Uh, I grew up with that with it during the Vietnam war and um war sucks but you know what Hamas knew exactly what Israel would do in response to those heinous atrocity uh, acts of 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 just i i it it makes me sick to even think about what they did to read the accounts from survivors and family members whose children are over there saw this this grandmother who was in her 80s i'm guessing uh, old up uh, you know high 80s and explaining that she had to sit there helpless and watch these terrorists rape her granddaughter and then murder her as she watched as the grandmother was there helpless and could not do it. I mean, the On un, there are no words and yet, you know, we get no sympathy for our mourning um, for the great loss we're feeling and the, the feeling that history is repeating itself and not in a good way. Um, yet we're supposed to, the whole world is supposed to be, you know, just, and we are sickened by the loss of life in gaza but of course but what here's what i say what was israel supposed to do say oh you know just don't do it again we'll we'll trust you and we'll just sit here and and believe that you won't do it again were they not supposed to
3: respond that's not how i see how it could be no doesn't make any sense no especially if we're told that we've seen what Hamas did to the people to anyone who you know anyone who went up against them they murdered them they everyone says that they're terrible they also you know there was billions of dollars given to you know to them because they're also not only is it a terrorist organization but there's this other branch that it's the governing um you know that was elected even though I haven't had have, had elections recently but well, it's been Israel over 10 left. years since yeah, Israel been left in 2000. It was a, right. Israel left in 2005. They got elected in 2006. That's really a long time. Yep. And they took the billions of dollars of aid. And, and somehow, despite the blockades, they managed to have these incredible weapons that they had. And they managed to develop all these networks of tunnels where they're all hiding out and have oxygen. They supply to there. They manage to take the money and live in whatever, whatever other, you know, at the Ritz Hotel or wherever yep. they're living abroad um, to to use, you know, to use Palestinian people as a prop. And yet, yes, Palestinians deserve uh, their own state. It's not yep. This isn't it's how true. you get this isn't how you how you get world trust by electing people. And not pushing them out. If they don't want Hamas there, get they should say, right. You know, I know they're afraid. I know that people there would obviously be afraid that people in Hamas would kill them. Well, what about people who aren't in Palestine right now, who aren't in Gaza or the West Bank? And why aren't they saying, you know what? Hamas is terrible. But, you know, we don't trust Israel. So why don't, well, they, why don't they call in the international community to help them get rid of Hamas? Why don't they t- try to get all the children into the south? Or maybe why doesn't Egypt let them in temporarily into, until Hamas is cleared out and let there be real elections and rebuild like a Marshall Plan where they're really desalinization plants, where Gaza can have its own electrical grid. It can have its own hospitals, its own and also its own seaports with ships and things like that. Like, why not do that? Like, why isn't that the goal? That's not what they want to do. They just want to wipe out Hamas just wants to wipe out israel right and, and so they why don't, don't we, care why don't how we many Palestinians
1: to, are wiped out in the process they don't care
3: and i know that Palestinian people do care are journalists who yes. are being killed there it's awful. it's awful and the question is why don't we why where's the international community uh, um, instead of just condemning israel for retaliating where's the international community demanding the hostages be returned demanding hamas Hold its fire because they're still shooting weapons in. They're you know did you see shoot shoot the in a hospital? A hospital. How For come that's not same in the news? Time, it's not in
1: the news because it doesn't fit the narrative. Yep. And right now the yep. narrative is Israel evil, um, Palestinians good, and you know and and within that universe of Palestinians is Hamas, and they are being normalized much like the media has normalized
3: Donald Trump and the maggots. And this only helps Netanyahu maintain power, even though people were in the streets trying to kick him out because yes. of what he just did to the Supreme Court. When this happens, it empowers him more because the people don't trust anybody. We, you know, He needs to go, and we need a more peace-loving, more, um, more representative, fair person running Israel. But you cannot have Hamas in power and expect Israel not to try to root them out down to the last murderer.
1: Exactly. And what, what Hillary Clinton, and I can't believe I'm quoting Hillary Clinton because I never did that before either. But on The View yesterday, she explained why a unilateral ceasefire is untenable, because it takes both sides to agree. And Hamas has said, we'll do it again and again and again, because our goal is not to protect our people. Our goal is to wipe Israel and all the Jews off the face of the earth.
3: How was that received on The View?
1: I'm curious. Um, uh, I think they listened to her. I didn't see it. I just saw a clip. I uh, didn't okay. watch the view. So I just saw the clip of Hillary Clinton. And I'm like, okay, well, she, she's making sense. But you know what? Bernie Sanders said the same thing. And the the left, the professional left, um, they, they turned him on yes, him. They did. Yes,
3: How of dare course.
1: he? Oh, you know what? Oh, he's just a Jew. I mean, that that's basically what they were saying.
3: Well, you know, it's nice that Hillary went on to um, The View. I think what we really need, and sorry, I'm knitting as we're I'm talking. Sorry, it's okay. Um, I, I calms know. me down. Uh, Hillary went on The View, but the real issue is who's on TikTok, you know? Where are the young, you know, that's where all the disinformation is.
1: Well, and see what's, seeing what's going on on college campuses is really disconcerting. Um, because, uh, frankly, when I was in college, we were a bit more discerning, Um and, and I guess we didn't have TikTok to uh, to influence our way of thinking. But my God, these people are supposed to be smart enough to have gotten accepted to these uh, major universities in many cases. And you'd think they'd be able to think for themselves. But I guess not.
3: Yeah, no, it turns out propaganda is effective. That's why people use it.
1: Yes. I'm going to have to pull out the George W. Bush uh, catapult the propaganda clip because it's, uh, (laughs) it's, it's very apropos right now. Um, Jennifer Taub, I know you have to run you. you, I I don't know if you're teaching today, but you're a busy woman. You are. Um, Thank you for, for joining me today. I I really, I need to commiserate with people who feel like I do. And yes, I'm seeking um, our group out uh, because Frankly, I'm not getting any support from the people that I used to consider my friends. And this woman wrote, who I, I shared some of her email before. She wrote, uh, she said, although I was raised with much more Judaism than you were, uh, my husband and I are uh, uh, my husband and I are now members of a group of cultural Jews. We describe cultural Jews as Yiddishkeit without God. I don't know what the Yiddish kite means because I'm a bad Jew, but I get the without God part. She said, We went to services for Yom Kippur, and a line in the service really struck me. It said something to the effect of, We are cultural Jews, and we throw our lot in with the Jews. She said that was a few days before October 7th, but it had resonated with me. And she said, I think that might be sort of how you're feeling.
3: And I think it is. It is. And I'm so glad to connect with you. I was avoiding. Or hoping not to do it because of all the pain, but it turns out when I speak with you, some pain comes out and some sunlight comes in. Yeah, and I really thank you, my friend, for this conversation. Well,
1: I thank you too because I really needed it. Um, uh, we need we need this positive reinforcement because, frankly, we're getting um, we're getting shit on from every direction right now um, for simply saying bring the hostages home.
3: Hamas to the left of us, you know, Maka to the right, here we are. Stuck in the middle with Jews. (laughs) (laughs) Love you. Love Love you too. Thank you, Jen.
1: (laughs) Take care. Jennifer Taub. And yeah, it was just what the doctor ordered. I think we both needed that conversation. All I'm asking, I'm not saying, you know, you're a Christian, you're an atheist, you're whatever you are. I'm just saying... Try to understand where your Jewish friends' heads are right now, and um, I'll tell you, it's a frightened, um, horrible place. So, uh, and just know that we're all being attacked horribly. Uh, the 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 gutter that is social media. Is living up to its reputation. It is ugly out there. And again, I, you know, you poke me and I'm gonna come back at you with everything I've got. I'm not saying that's a healthy thing to do, but it's how I it's how I cope. And it it, it further um, serves to alienate me from those people that used to be my friends because I basically tell them all to fuck off. And it's a vicious cycle. Anyway, uh, tomorrow, I think I may be taking the day off. I'll play it by ear, but chances are I will not be here tomorrow. I will be back Friday with Marcy Wheeler, empty wheel to wrap up this week. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you for, you know, listening and understanding. Because that's why I'm sharing this with you, because I know we don't all have the same shared experiences. I wanted you to know how... Um, Jewish people are feeling right now. Uh, silly Wonka in the chat room just said Bernie is not a practicing Jew, but he is in morality ethics. Hello, that's where I am too. All right, again, thank you. Uh, please share the program liberally, especially with anybody you feel uh, could use it. And um, and if you uh enjoy the show and can afford it please think about lending some financial support. It's how I survive. Uh, You guys who support the program with your hard-earned dollars, you're what pays my salary and allows me to keep doing this. All right. Uh, I hate asking for it, but I got to do it. I got to do it every once in a while. All right. With that, we're done. Um, If not tomorrow, I'll see you Friday. Thanks again, everyone. Have a great night. Oh, and the, the the debate is tonight, such as it is. I think I may not watch. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Bye. Peace out.